The best design is stuff that you don't actually notice, but you are affected by it. It just, it just looks right, feels right, and is right, and functions right. Welcome to the Freewheeling Podcast, the place for free-thinking ideas in transport and mobility. My name is Thomas Abelman, and each week I'll bring you fresh voices, new ideas, and unconventional thinking. So let's get started now with this week's edition of the Freewheeling Podcast. Race Denning is something of a phenomenon. As a designer who works exclusively in transport, he's one of a pretty rare breed. Best known for creating brands and liveries for many of the privatised bus and rail companies, he's almost become an adjective. That's very race denning, you'll hear people say. But his vision goes much further than that. His passion is to make public transport great by making the user experience great. Design for him is all about the customer and not the client. Ray, welcome to the Freewheeling Podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Have you ever counted how many vehicles carry a paint scheme that you've designed? <laughs> no, I sometimes boast that um, uh, uh, mainly me, but the company as well, we have designed more liveries for more public transport uh, buses and coaches in particular than anyone else in the world ever. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, you go out and count them for me. There's quite a lot. <laughs> uh, my daughter likes counting things. I might give her the task. Um, <laughs> keep, keep her occupied for quite a long time. Well, what about the ones that are no longer around, though? <laughs> oh, no, no. It has to, has to be on the road right now for it to, to qualify for this project. That's still going to keep her going for a while, I think. Yeah, yeah. See her into uh, old age. Yeah, when you, when, you, when you were a kid, did you dream about designing bus liveries? How did you get into this? How did I get into it? It's the fates at work, actually. I've, I've personally have never really had any burning ambitions. I've just gone where, where, where the fates have taken me, I think. Um, I think it's all because I guess it's a vocation, really, isn't it? So, um, I think... Yes, I, I did. Of course I did. Yes, I did all sorts of things like that when I, when I was a kid. But I drew cars as well. I mean, I just like anything with wheels, I suppose, uh, and probably wings too. Um, probably not quite so keen on things on water, I don't expect. But yes, it, it's, it's always been there. And what happened? How did, you, how did you end up with this kind of extraordinary portfolio of, of vehicles you designed all around the world? What, 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 was, the, what was the journey that took you there? As a as a small kid, you could just leave me with uh, a piece of paper and a uh, and a pen or a pencil or something, and I I would be happy as Larry for hours on end just drawing anything. You know, probably it was pretty bad, but I I could tell when I went to school in my secondary education that it was it was obvious that I was going to go to art college, and I did. Uh, um, you know, it just sort of it was just so. To me, it was blindingly obvious. I had no other course to, to do. <laughs> there it was. The light was there and I followed it, shall we say. Very esoteric. And, you're, and I think you're, you know, I said in my introduction, you're best known for creating liveries. Uh, but that's not all design is. And I know you're very passionate about explaining to people what design means beyond simply what the livery looks yes. like. Tell us a bit about what design means. Well, let me put it this way. I think it, it, it's fundamental to so many things in life. It just makes it makes lots of things so much easier, better, uh, more fulfilling, more enjoyable. It's all those sort of things. It, it's 
it's quite loose and vague, but but it it just makes life better, um, and that's been proved over and over again. And some people will never believe it; they just don't think it doesn't matter what things look like, what they feel like, how you react to them. But they are. I mean, we, we're very we're very emotional beings, humans, um, and we have an emotional reaction to absolutely everything, absolutely everything, uh, and and design good design should we say <laughs> uh makes that smoother and easier and more more fulfilling and and better it does all those things some people say oh i don't i you know, design doesn't matter it doesn't matter to me do those people not react to good design or do they not know that they react to good design <laughs> you hit it on the nail there they do not know um even if it's a negative reaction i mean some people would probably almost sort of say, well, you know, if something is designed, then I don't want to have anything to do with it. Well, that's a reaction in its own. It's a bit like inverted snobbery. It's, just, it's the same. It's the other side. It's the flip side of the same coin. And when you were starting out in the world of transport design, actually designing things you know, for paying clients, as it were, where did you get your inspiration from? Was it from previous iterations of transport design or was it from other places and where were those places <laughs> who knows i think it's a simple very very simple answer i think any designer uh, worth his salt um it's like a sponge you go around you're soaking up influences everywhere you go you're all the time your eyes are open there's a part of your brain that is being fed by all these things that you see and you process them you don't even know you're doing it uh, but it's there that you have a data bank uh uh, and sometimes you deliberately go out to look for something to inspire you. And sometimes it happens accidentally. I remember seeing a, a bird. Um, uh, I think it was at the, uh, the my local wetland centre in Barnes. Um, and it got me thinking, hmm, I wonder if we can, how we can adapt that bird to look good on a bus or a coach. Yeah. How should we say a robust view of um, the attitude of the conventional public transport industry to, to design? Um, well, where do you think most you know, most senior managers in transport are on this at the moment? I think sometimes what happens, and this goes with the, with the, with the, with the mindset, I, I suppose, and the way they, they've been brought up, if they don't understand something, they tend to sort of don't believe it. And, and therefore, if they don't believe it, they fear it and anything you fear you fight against that's human nature so i think particularly and i'm i'm not being rude about any particular profession but if what you if you're the way your brain is wired it's sort of left left brain and right brain stuff if you if you're if you're wired to believe that things either are or they're not they're on or they're off they're black or they're white, it's quite hard sometimes to get your head around the sort of possibly airy-fairy, soft, floaty, <laughs> um, uh, is it, isn't it, <laughs> uh, world of, of design where, you know, things aren't written in stone, it, it's constantly moving, it uh, it's all those things. So, uh, I think if you're brought up not to understand that, as I just said, you, you, you fear it. And if you 
if you fear it, you want to, you want to get rid of it. Well, I'll give you a little story. Uh, one, uh, I presented some ideas once uh, to uh, uh, senior board members, uh, and one of them, who was not on the marketing side, but uh, at the opposite side of the spectrum, uh, said, looking at his colleagues uh, and, and sort of laughing, I just don't understand it. Uh, and I said, exactly. You've got it now. Uh, and uh, Penny dropped after a moment or two, and he, I think he stormed out in a fit of uh, peak or something. Um, but it is, sometimes it's shoemaker stick to your last. If you don't understand something, that doesn't mean to say it isn't true. So leave it to those that, that do. And and that's what that's what we're always up against is the that sort of um, I, I I mustn't call it a philistine attitude, but it, it's a, it is an attitude of of I don't understand it, therefore you know it doesn't exist. Um, and explain explain to someone listening to this podcast what it is in this context, because someone listening to this might think, well, hold on a minute, what you're talking about here is a new livery. How can you not understand the new livery? And I know that's not what you mean, but t t draw out what it is that you mean that is not understood. A failure to trust uh, someone, an yeah. expert who who knows what he's doing. I mean, and quite frankly, if someone if someone says, "Well, you know, I, I don't trust you," well, piss off. I don't want to work with you in that case. I mean, <laughs> why would I? Why would you want to work with me? I mean, you know, it has to be a meeting of minds. Otherwise, um, we're on a hiding to nothing, and we we'll both hate each other at the end of it. And why would you know, what's the what's the benefit of caring about design? If I'm a if I'm the person who doesn't understand it, what am, what am I missing out on? <laughs> Rather a lot, if you ask me. Um, well, it doesn't matter if you don't understand. It's not necessarily for you, is it? it, it it's for the it, it's for the product. It's for the customer's benefit. Uh, um, you know, just sort of. You know, just say, just just leave it to the experts, dear, <laughs> is the sort of uh, comment one feels like making. And, um, you know, it, it's there's lots of things. That, I mean, I don't understand how this computer I'm on works. I haven't the faintest idea how it works, but I trust it. And I trust others to, to you know, you have to. You have to trust. Uh, well, you have to learn who to trust, but then you just trust them in life. That That's what it is. So, you know, I I feel like saying I know what I'm talking about. So, you know. Just let me get on and and do it. You do what you do. I'll do what I do. And the computer I'm talking to you on is is an Apple Mac. Um, and of course, Apple have become the most valuable company on earth. I think in the history of the earth, um, basically through a focus on design. Uh, that's what made Apple Computer distinctive, and then it made the iPhone and every subsequent Apple product distinctive. Yeah. Um, can design have the same impact in the world of public transport or is that fundamentally different to the well, world of computing no i think it can because i think what you have to bear in mind is that obviously things have to work so the number of times i've heard this awful chestnut about you know well uh, um it's better that they've got something than nothing or better they've got a bad design than than than, than nothing at all well it, life isn't always about either or as Apple have proved, you can have both. <laughs> um, so it, it's like when people argue about, um, oh, it's all very well, all this design stuff, but all people really want is a bus to be you know, on time and all this sort of stuff. Well, 
they're givens. It should be on time. That 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 is an absolute given. I mean, if you're not running to time, or, or you know what I mean, and you can't always, but you know what I mean. If you if you if you can't do the fun the basics, then what are you doing it at all? You should get out. You know, you you're, you're not very good. What design does, and and it's not a it's not superficial froth on top. It should be there at the start of projects. Um, it's it's just part of the whole the whole thing and it it does improve improve our lot i mean a, a simple thing where, where good design actually uh, um does work very well is if you break down or something goes wrong if you look absolutely shit people will say oh well look you know look how they they, they appear no wonder they broke down all this sort of stuff whereas if you are absolutely uh you look brilliant you are brilliant everything around you know the, the, everything about the bus or the tra train or whatever it is everything is is spot on and looks nice feels nice it has that lovely sort of air of whatever it is you know and then if anything goes wrong people are more likely to forgive you because they'll say oh well anyone can make a mistake things go wrong and it's because we have this emotional response to 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 what's around us you know if we feel good about traveling in a particular vehicle uh, and, and stuff, it's amazing what um, <laughs> what mayhem c can happen, and and you can get away with it. Not that that's the reason. Not that that's the best reason to do it, but you know what I mean. I hope. I mean, that's literally listed in companies' accounts as goodwill, isn't it? Yes. Um, and yeah, you know, you're you're in the business of selling goodwill, effectively. Then yes, I think one of the big problems is um, going back to about managers is uh, too often, and I'm reminded when you when you were talking to Rory uh, on a recent podcast, is that it's so easy to forget that the the people that you carry are people. They have hearts and minds and possibly souls. Who knows? But they they you have to you have to take into account that that's that these people have reactions they also they may have they may have got out of bed uh and and had an argument with their nearest and dearest um they may have got stayed in bed and had an argument with their nearest and dearest whatever they get on a bus and if the, if that annoys them because it's ugly or the colors aren't very nice or you know whatever the driver's rude and things um, you're you're just uh, adding to their woes. Whereas if it's a nice experience, uh, they um, you know you can help help them on their way a bit. You know you might you might calm them down. <laughs> All sorts of things. It's they are not they are not cargo. They are not just when when someone gets on a bus and they've paid money to do that. Shall we say whether that's up front or at the moment that point of you know when they get on or whatever but they are paying and i think some managers think they're paying to be transported from a to b and that's all it is but they're not they've actually given say 10 minutes half an hour of their their life to you it's your duty to make that 10 minutes that half hour whatever it happens to be the best you possibly can because that that's what retail is all about. I mean, people go into shops and sometimes, I mean, if you go to somewhere like Selfridges, for example, I mean, it's just an experience. It's just a pleasure just wandering. Well, not for everyone, of course, but you know what I mean? It, it, it's, that's what it's all about. Is it, is it not? I mean. 
I mean, if I was going to play devil's advocate, someone would say, yes, but in Selfridges, you pay £100 for the cheapest item, and on the bus, you pay £1.50 for the cheapest item. So you, you, we can't be Selfridges, can we? Someone might say. Um, <laughs> how would you respond to that? Go on which way? Go on uh, City Zap. <laughs> that is Selfridges on the move. Um, but, yeah, well, we, that's another thing. We are obsessed with, with the price of things um, uh, and, and forget about the value of things. Um, and, and some, <laughs> I'd probably be shot for saying this by some people, but sometimes actually, assuming you've got it, just or some of it, it's actually a pleasure to spend money. I mean, just look how people shop online, buy all sorts of rubbish that they don't really need, but they get endless pleasure out of it. Um, so, you know, it's, it's all to do with value. And so you, your pitch would be that you can, yeah, people will actually want to make bus journeys not just because they need to be in the destination, but because they enjoy the ride. Oh, that's what we should be aiming for. Um, uh, I do it. <laughs> I know lots of other people that do. No, seriously, um, yes, that should be the aim. I mean, why not? I mean, that's how that's how retailers work. I mean, it doesn't matter what the shop is. Forget Selfridges for a minute. I mean, if 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 um, you know Maplin or if they're still around, or is your is your bag? Well, I mean, yeah, you just love going in there and seeing all the gadgets, all the you know bits and pieces and things. So uh, we should be really aiming to make sure you get on a bus and you think, wow, I want to do this again. I mean, it happens. People do that with aircraft. I mean, I don't know why, because I think most aircraft are awful to travel in, but. It's not just traveling in the aircraft, of course, it's the destination. But I mean, you know, people like to travel. And I mean, people get in cars just to go for a, just to, oh, let's go for a spin. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just going for a ride in the car, isn't it? So, you know, we, buses should be incredibly desirable and make people want to keep going on them. And have you ever been able to, to sort of you know, prove this works, as it were? Um, or is it very much an article of faith? that if you make buses nicer, people will travel on them more. I mean, well, it, sounds, it sounds kind of obvious, but do we know it to be true? Uh, yes, it is true. You ask, you ask the people who've done it well and done it properly, um, and they will tell you it's true. Don't take it just from me. But um, yeah. it, it is. Well, and it's true. It, sometimes it's true because the reverse is, 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 is one thing you want to avoid uh, what you don't want to do is people to travel under sufferance uh because well i do i remember uh, again another senior person in the bus industry i think they've retired now thankfully so i won't name names just in case they haven't <laughs> uh but this this person said to me well it was having there were two of them actually they were having a conversation and they both agreed that it didn't matter what the is. This was at a manufacturer's sort of um, uh, workshop thing and things. They said, "Oh, it doesn't matter what the bus looks like because our customers have no choice." Well, I mean, if that's your attitude to your customers, um, you know, uh, <laughs> go. We don't want you. That's not that's not the right attitude at all. Um, and 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 they say when they, interesting, and they say they have no choice. Even someone that hasn't got their own means of transport and things, they do have a choice. They have a choice to wait till they get a lift from a neighbour. They have a choice to uh, shop online. They have all sorts of choices. If you make the experience pretty dire, or even if it's just average, um, they're going to find ways not to travel with you again. 
subconsciously, they will try and avoid a bad experience. We all do. Well, I can I can give you the most extreme personal illustration of this because when I I did my graduate training with National Express and I got a job in the National Express coach business, which was a fantastic place to work. This was in the 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 mid two thousands. Um, but the the bus division of National Express at the time, Travel West Midlands, was going through what you might call a low phase when it comes to customer service, and it's a huge, hugely transformed now compared to what it was then. But it was really very, very poor. Um, and I got to the point where commuting on Travel West Midlands to get to my job with National Express was so desperately painful um, that we ended up moving to London because I actually preferred my commute from South London via Euston and the train to Birmingham than my single bus ride from another part of Birmingham. There we are. You've you've proved my point <laughs> and your point. <laughs> no, it's true. Absolutely true. It's going back to the thing I said earlier that we have a, a response. We have an emotional response to our circumstances constantly. Never, it's there. That's how we are, like it or not. So, what would you, if the if the world of public transport could be redesigned to your specification, um, what would you love to see? I I would love for people to actually look forward to and relish traveling by public transport more and more. Um, I mean, there are many aspects of public transport that are are very good. Um, you travel, well, when the HSTs were around, I mean, at least when they first came out, I mean, that, that it wasn't just the speed uh, that improved um, people's traveling experience. I mean, the Mark III coach, uh, was a, an incredibly good piece of design, uh, you know. Both, I mean, both to look at, but but how it functioned and how it was. I mean, it made it lifted the the whole travelling experience uh, completely. So I would like to see people thinking, "Oh, great! You know, I'm going on the bus, I'm going on the train, I'm going whatever," um, and uh, and everything just everything just seeming you know nice and right and and, and what have you. And you mentioned earlier City Zap and Witchway, which are two bus routes operated by Transdev um, in the north of England, as examples yeah. of where you have a Selfridges experience on the bus. What makes that Selfridges experience on that bus compared to any other bus I might choose to get on? Well, I, I think because the, ho the whole thing, as, as best as possible, was designed as a complete entity um, by having someone, if you like, mastermind, uh, mastermind the whole thing, which well, say someone, it wasn't someone, it was it was a, 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 a consortium of, of operators and designer working with some people um, in, in that instance with ADL, who actually wanted to uh, achieve our goals who were, you know, actually had a bit of a can do attitude rather than, Oh no, you can't do that. You can't do that. We won't do that. You know, they, they tried to find ways to do what we wanted to. So you get on those, those buses and it, it, it just sort of, it just feels right. Um, you know, it's often, it's often the tiny little details that can make a difference. So visually, um, it looks coordinated it where it should be coordinated there's no sort of not too many nasty things that are, are sort of well it's a bit like you know well i'll give you one small example there was a particular pole that uh, had a, a rather ugly sort of bend in it uh, it was because of a, a piece of structure nearby well we 
we got ADL to redesign the structure and the pole so that it is very pleasing on the eye and little things like that. And people aren't going to go up and say, oh, isn't isn't the bend in that pole beautiful? <laughs> no, the best design is stuff that you don't actually notice, but you are affected by it. It just it just looks right, feels right, and is right, and functions right. It's all those little things. Whereas I think sometimes with a lot of vehicles, buses in particular, is uh, it's it's a bus, it's a shell. Uh, someone chooses the seats, someone else chooses something else, and and you know the the whole thing is is bung together. It's actually that that is an interesting point there. Talking about seats. I'm always telling people off when I hear um, particular man manufacturers uh, do it, but operators, when they talk about seating, and I say, no, you, it's not seating, it's seats. <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I mean by saying that. You know, seating is a yeah, function totally. of, of, a, of, a, of something, whereas seats are actually things that you, you – you don't have seating in your home, do you? <laughs> no, I know, I've never, I've never gone out to arrange the sofaing in my living room. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it's little, little things like that. And and for example, I do remember uh, with Trent Barton several years ago, uh, some new vehicles were, they were having from Optair, and Optair were worried because we had specified alternate seats in alternate colours, uh, and then alternately as you go down the bus. And they just couldn't understand. They said, you know, why have you done this? You know, I mean, why didn't you have them all the same? And I just said, well, not all people are the same. Simple as that. And it's psychological. All it was, it was saying, here you are, there is a selection of seats to choose from. Rather than saying, you know, there is seating. <laughs> now, stick your fat ass on that and just don't complain. <laughs> Can I ask your opinion on something that you've had nothing to do with, as far as I'm aware? Um, but I'm just curious to know what your thoughts are, which is the the, the London New Route Master, um, probably one of the more expensive buses of recent years, um, and certainly one of the more distinctive. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Curate, good in parts. Um, I think the, the the idea, the concept was probably it's a it's a sound concept if that's what you want to do you want to create a new a new route master i mean not that the old route master was that brilliant um uh in 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 some design aspects visually um fine but i think i think it's i don't i don't think it's been thought out completely i think probably the, the strings were being pulled by by certain people along the line to make it uh look like an old route master in many ways so some aspects i mean it has got some beautiful curves on it here and there which is quite nice but i think it's possibly i believe there's a bit too much pastiche in it i think it would have been more exciting to create a completely new vision for a bus for london a new route master and borrow aspects from you know it's almost pick some of the best bits of the old route master for example, you know, the curvaceousness of the rear, shall we say, uh, and things. Um, but actually, when you get inside it, there's many things I believe uh, aren't customer friendly at all. Tiny little narrow squinty windows. And once they've put opening windows in, it lines the bar of the opening window lines up with your eyesight. So it's hard to look out. If you sit, you know, two or three seats back, you, you know, and people are sitting at the front, you can hardly see anything out of the front because it's a small window. Um 
and yeah, there's all sorts of other aspects, you know, colours and things. It's just a little bit too. It's too retro in in in, in a way. In my personal view. Other people love it, but I I, I think it it it's sort of nice idea, but not particularly completely well thought out. Now, something you dropped into conversation there, you may have just lost two thirds of the audience, I think, because you said that the old route master is not that great when it comes to design. And <laughs> I'd have thought that's a rather iconoclastic um, statement, isn't it? So uh, w w why is that? Well, the, the RT was better, the one that came before. Um, no, I mean, in its day, it was fine. But I mean, its day, it was designed in the early 1950s. You know, and things design moves on, things do move on. So, you know, it's there's no point in reinventing, you know, if shall we say the the less satisfactory uh, things from the past. I mean, I, I can't. I mean, I'm sure engineering wise, the way it's you know, with, with its way it's structured and God knows what else. I mean, yes, it was brilliant and things, and it was it was nice in its day. But I mean, you know, thing, things move on, things change. So, you know, the. I believe, for example, its predecessor, the RT, when that came out in first one in 1939, I mean, it was far, far more advanced for its day than the Routemaster was when it went into service in 1958-59 or whenever it was. So if we were going to try for another revolution in vehicle design now, what, what might the constituent parts of that revolution look like? I don't know, but I think what what should happen is is that, you know, engineering and design should always work in tandem. Uh, what sometimes happens is there are engineering solutions, uh, um, you know, come up, people come up with them, and then it's almost, oh, how can we, how can we make that look pretty? Whereas, you know, the two things should start, should start together. And sometimes even it's a case of, I, I would argue that quite often the best design is something it's like this is what this looks like now Mr Engineer can you make that work and if not then okay what do I need to change to help you make that work so it's that working in tandem not sort of um uh, someone coming along and suggesting you just um tart up something because that's not design that 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 that's that's just mere styling on top We've covered everything I wanted to cover. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? I don't think so, because I think I managed to think of things on the way that I, I did feel quite important uh, to do. But um, yeah, I, I suppose one last parting shot is that uh, um, to reiterate that design is not superficial. It is important. It does make things good design will make things work better be better seem better appear better feel better and will make your life better it this it just happens to be true and if you don't believe it tough <laughs> it's true <laughs> fantastic ray Stenning, thank you so much for joining me on the free reading podcast thank you and i didn't say fuck once <laughs> Well, that concludes the freewheeling podcast for this week. Thank you very much indeed to my guest, designer Ray Stenning, and thank you very much for listening. I'll be back with another edition of the freewheeling podcast next week, so look forward to catching up with you then. Goodbye. <laughs>